Hey everybody, this is Swathi Kella with the Harvard Political Review. Welcome to the Humans of COVID-19, a podcast series that shares the stories of real individuals around the nation dealing with the coronavirus epidemic. Today, we'll be speaking with Crystal Sprague, the Executive Director of Global Glow, a nonprofit that works to empower young women and girls worldwide. It operates programs across the United States and in 23 countries, focusing on education, social and emotional learning, and health. Thank you for, yeah, the opportunity to talk today about our organization. I'm really, really excited to chat with you about it. No problem. Thank you for joining us. So to start out with, how has COVID affected the communities that Global Globe works with in these different countries? Yeah, so you probably know from doing some research on our website, right now, Global Globe operates across the U.S. and in 23 countries around the world. Mm -hmm. So our programming is for girls in all of those different places, out of school or after school clubs, about weekly using a mentorship model that allows the girls to have, you know, a trusted mentor that they can learn from and grow with and really excel with as they are are learning all of these various skills and learning how to self-advocate most of all. So we only work in vulnerable communities. So we specifically go to places and partner with organizations in all of these different locations who wouldn't be able to do girls programming otherwise. Those are the organizations that we partner with. So as you can imagine, working with vulnerable communities, they've been affected greatly Mm -hmm. by COVID-19. I think it's fairly common knowledge that vulnerable communities are typically hit the hardest when it comes to crises, Mm -hmm. right? So from everything like not having as good of access to technology, for instance, to Mm -hmm. continue with school or to continue with other ways of engaging with life outside of your four walls, which we know mm-hmm. is most people's reality today. But then other things like being harder hit, you know, if, if a family member or a parent loses a job or perhaps, you know, contending with violence in the home and being in a home kind of with, with their whole family and not having as many ways to go out from that or to combat that. So all of these things we know are realities and all of the various places and locations where we work. Gratefully and thankfully, our partners have really stepped up. So like I said, we partner with community-based organizations in every location and every city that we that we work in who we rely on and expect to be the expert of their own communities and the expert of the needs of the girls in those communities. We mm-hmm. provide you know, support and curriculum and ongoing resources in order to make that programming possible. But our, our partners are the experts, and like I said, rightly so, they've all really stepped up to educate the girls on the girls in their programs on everything from good hand-washing protocol to social distancing to just providing much-needed resources. We heard from one of our great partners in Kenya, I think just yesterday, actually, they let us know that their mentors called all 400 of the, gr- of the girls in their programs oh, on wow. the phone personally got a hold of them even if they didn't have a phone even if their parents didn't have a phone they would call a neighbor to be able to talk to them personally and just encourage them you know during this this unprecedented time that they were there for them and to encourage them to you know keep the social distance and And observe these things do you know um what those conversations were like like what the perspective of the girls were that you were speaking with 
You know, um, I think that probably those conversations are very similar to the ones that we're having here mm-hmm. in the U.S. Everyone is just trying to figure out <laughs> what this means and how long it's lasting, going to last, and all of these questions that no one really has answers to. But we were so excited by our partners in Kenya doing that because just like the girls here in the U.S. and the girls everywhere, everyone is looking for a support system right now and a person to talk to and a way to kind of get through this together with their communities and their smaller family units. So we didn't get any like specifics about exactly what girls were most worried about yet. Those are things that we'll be reaching out and asking Mm. for as time progresses because we're we're we really believe that the voices of our girls are are the most important voices that we should be listening to (laughs) yeah and even if you don't have specifics yet do you have an idea of whether or not covid is a gendered experience and if there are challenges that girls specifically are undergoing because of it you know we know from uh reports that that's the case we know that, you know, the larger percentage of healthcare workers are female, for instance. And so they're taking the brunt of, of that burden when it comes to responding in, in our healthcare systems. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that usually, you know, the the need to care for families falls heavier on the women and on than on the men when it, um, in times of crises. I don't, yeah, I'll say that right now we've just been kind of reaching out and ensuring that our communities are safe and but we haven't yet gotten the full perspective I'll say on the gendered experience that COVID-19 has or the yeah the response of of that in the various communities Mm. and a lot of good questions (laughs) very good questions um with a lot of your work focusing on access to education and also clubs that have to do with school. Do you think that COVID will negatively affect the impact of girls to get that education in some way or another, especially with kind of the divide in technology that we see? Yeah, I do. Um, You know, our goal as an organization is is to mitigate that as much as possible for the girls we work with. Um, And that's, again, I think why that support system is so important. Having that mentor available to the girls is so important. And providing whatever we can to still, yeah, encourage the mentors and the girls in their communities, you know, to find small ways to connect with each other, however those might be, while maintaining that safe social distance. Because as I'm sure that you know, statistics do not show favorably to girls in mm. times of crises, right? Like, and and this is this is the whole reason Global Glow. One of the main reasons Global Glow exists anyway is because we see the the impact of of boys being prioritized when it comes to education and girls not being prioritized. And we know that um, when girls rise up to advocate and to reach out in times of need in their communities, that's when amazing things happen in communities. And so our, our biggest goal will be following this, how do we support girls so that they don't have an unfair, unfairly negative impact because of COVID-19. And do you have any plans to continue virtual programming aside from like phone calls, but maybe something like group activities that happen online? Yeah, absolutely. For the girls who have access to online resources, and, and that's most of the girls 
in the U.S. whose schools are providing ways for virtual learning to happen. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I know a lot of schools are providing, you know, Chromebooks and hotspots in order for that to be possible. We're working with our mentors to set up virtual clubs as well in those mm-hmm. places so they can maintain as much normalcy as possible with their current support group. Uh, we're also planning to, and I think this will be really, really fun and really exciting, we're planning to provide mini summits for each of our virtual clubs that are happening so that they can meet other girls who are part of other clubs and join together for more of a kind of celebratory collective experience and to yeah have have those times that feel that feel fun and engaging and unique and even in the midst of you know all of these other things that are happening right now in mm. because of covid is this yeah. the first time that girls from different clubs would be able to interact with one another oh no it's one of our one of my favorite things about our programming actually girls come together at various times so in each of the countries we work they'll do what we call local summits where it's just the girls in one community who are all coming from different clubs to meet together or they'll do national summits where girls from all over the country come to meet together and then twice a year we work with or we gather around events at the UN. So the Commission on the Status of Women happens every March and International Day of the Girl happens every October. And for each of those events, we'll invite girls from various clubs around the world to join together in New York, actually. So sadly, we had an event planned this March, on March 9th, and and Mm -hmm. we do a parallel event with the UN event in March, it was the Commission on the Status of Women, and we had made plans for girls from Haiti, Cote d'Ivoire, Kenya, New York in the Bronx, California, here in Southern California, Rwanda, and Afghanistan, and Nigeria to all come together and participate oh, wow. in a uh, an event, which we call Global Girls Call to Action. And we had them all preparing to speak about, you know, the, the greatest areas of need that they saw in their community uh, and to be able to share that at that event. But the event was scheduled for March 9th, and on March 1st, we made the decision to suspend the programming due to COVID-19 and the danger mm-hmm. that was clearly, you know, coming to light. So we had the girls present their areas of concern uh, virtually, and we created a video for them to do that. But normally that would be one of our favorite moments of the year of having girls come together and present together mm-hmm. and, and learn from each other about the critical areas of concern in each of their communities. Um, you can watch the video that we put together for them. It's on, it's on YouTube uh, now. And it's, and it's a beautiful... It's a beautiful compilation of what girls are seeing in their communities around the critical areas of concern. But, but yes, all that to say, <laughs> typically uh, we we allow, we have girls get together a couple times a year, a couple times of the year, and it's great. So we're shifting that now to say, okay, how can we do that virtually? How can mm-hmm. we provide that same opportunity for girls? Because we found that girls gain so much by realizing that what they're facing in their community is very similar to what girls are facing in other communities. And we know that it'll be the same around COVID-19. Um, this has affected the entire world in a really unique, unprecedented way. And so providing that support system for them will be really good, I think. And another one of your programs, Healthy Glow, focuses on health-related yeah. challenges, such as lack of access to sexual and reproductive health care. And I was wondering, 
um, what do these challenges look like now with the epidemic? And also, how are you incorporating the epidemic into the kind of programming that you're doing? Yeah, great question. Healthy Glow is a program we're, we're so excited about. Um, and we, you may have saw from our website, we did a pilot, and now we were preparing this year to grow that and present that or, or allow that, give the opportunity for that programming to happen in, in many more places. And we've had to to push that a little bit because of COVID-19. So we'll, we're doing virtual training for all of the partnership coordinators and mentors to learn that material. And then they'll be ready, ready to roll as soon as they possibly can when schools are open with that programming. I'll say like that, that in and of itself <laughs> is a huge issue regardless of COVID-19, right? Yeah. The ability for girls to get the type of information and access for mental health and physical health and sexual health uh, that they need and the support that they need from their communities to withstand the pressures. We, uh, we pinpointed that by, by talking to girls individually all, all over the world, um, Kenya and Cambodia and Southern California first, um, and, and learning that these are challenges that everyone is facing and the access to resources around that and, and information around that are so limited that we just mm -hmm. felt it was necessary to provide such a program for those needs. As far as COVID-19 goes, I mean, none of us have any idea how that's going to affect much right now, right? Like everything, mm -hmm. everything is up in the air. We're all just kind of waiting by to see how it will affect and how it will affect things. One thing that we've determined internally is is that when girls come back and are able to meet again for clubs across the world in every community, they're going to be facing the aftermath of whatever COVID-19 did in their community. And whether that's having lost loved ones, whether that's having just stayed cooped up in their home for an extended period of time, the fears and the anticipations and the strangeness of what, what the world will look like then are, is going to be a thing that will want them to have the space to process and to support each other in. So we're actually developing a curriculum now that will be four weeks or possibly a little longer for them to really take the time in that supportive environment of their weekly clubs, perhaps in Healthy Glow as well, but definitely in our, in our typical out-of-school weekly programs. They'll have, have the space and the time and the support to process and support each other through what they've just experienced. Because, and yeah, to your point, it's going to affect everyone in every capacity. <laughs> what are some of the things that the curriculum is going to be targeting specifically? Yeah, we're still determining that, and we'll determine that even more so by listening to what girls are going through mm -hmm. now. We're not anywhere, in, I, I don't think that we know when the end of this will be, right? Mm -hmm. COVID-19, there's really no way to know, um, and so we'll just keep listening and, and trying to figure out, you know, what they're facing, what the girls are facing in the various places where they are, in the various communities where they are, and then we'll build that curriculum accordingly. And on that note, what are the ways that the rest of us listening can help out with this? Yeah, thank you for asking. If, uh, if any of you know of any programs, community-based programs, working with vulnerable populations who would be interested in starting girls programming and want to start with this, you know, sort of COVID-19 response and support system, please reach out and let us know. Uh, we want to support as many girls as we possibly can uh, when they come back from, from the other side of, of this 
uh, COVID-19 situation. So definitely reach out and let us know if, if that's the case. You can email us at info at globalgirlsglow.org. Also, listening to Girls' Voices is so important. So finding a way to hear them and listen to them uh, in your own communities as well as around the world. Uh, we often are kind of really concerned about our own environment, but we it's easy to forget that the rest of the world is going through something very similar and just as severe. So finding ways to really take in girls' voices, whether that's through our social media or just by finding other girls' voices in your own community, uh, that would be my recommendation. And all right. Um, yeah, thank you. Um, just finishing up here. I actually, I learned so much and I think the organization is super cool. So thank you so much for Aww. speaking to us. And thank I think you. be able to take a lot out of this. Oh, I'm so glad to hear it. I'm so glad to hear it. It's, yeah, there's so much going on with the world. It's just hard to uh, really know the most important things to talk about. But I appreciate so much your just your questions and your interest in, yeah, the way girls are experiencing this crazy time. <laughs> thank you. And thank you, Sarah, okay. for connecting us. That was very, very great. Like, I'm so glad. Oh, absolutely. Great. That was really fun for me to listen to as well. Um, <laughs> I think one of my favorite interviews to date, actually. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So kudos to both of you. Um, thank you. Suavi, I, I can resend you Crystal's full name and title just for your reference. Um, and definitely looking forward to continuing working together. This is awesome. Yeah, okay. Thank you so much. Stay safe, Bye. everybody. Yeah. You too. <laughs> Bye. Bye. If you want to get more involved with Global Glow, you can find their website and contact information below. And if you or anyone you know has a story to share, fill out the form on our website.